Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of your best is yet to come podcast with me, your host, Christiana Imafidin. And we're going to talk all things, not just blockchain, but everything that I've been getting up to over the last, let's say, year or so concerning my personal development so there has been a lot and I'm going to be very open which is true to form for me but at the same time is an incredibly exhilarating but at the same time somewhat nerve-wracking experience so I will keep it short and sweet First and foremost, uh, I don't know whether or not people were aware, I was featured in the MIT Technology Review for being a blockchain believer. For those of you who aren't familiar with what MIT is or what the MIT Technology Review is all about. MIT is a very prestigious university in the United States of America, in the USA. And they have, like, MIT is up there with Stanford, Harvard. It's not necessarily Ivy League, but incredibly high-ranking university. Very, as I say, prestigious. And they have a publication called the... MIT Technology Review, which is a highly respected, highly revered publication covering all topics in technology. So anything that is upcoming that is of interest to the tech community, they feature it and they talk about it. And it's peer-reviewed from my understanding. So that means it's not just anybody that writes there. That the more or less other experts in the field have checked the articles before they make it to the publication. This will probably be the last time I talk about it. Because I would want to do a bit more uh, research into the gravity of... of I'm not saying that it's not a big deal. It, it, it is, especially in the blockchain field. But what I'm saying is that I want to know how, how much of a big deal it really is, right? I want to understand more about it to, to explain it to all of you beautiful people. So, after getting featured in that, I there was a lot of things that happened. One of... Wow, there was a lot of things that happened. There were a lot of things that happened in that um, I got approached by the Government Blockchain Association. Um, I also, and that was on the, the premise of the book that I got approached to write on blockchain. And for those of you who don't know what blockchain is, blockchain is the technology behind Bitcoin. And uh, for those of you who don't know what Bitcoin is, I will explain. It's a beautiful new form of electronic money. 
and a lot of people have been making money from it and so that has that is what has made it popular and controversial at the same time because it's like oh gosh it's being used for money laundering because it's not in the traditional financial system you can't track a bitcoin transaction through your bank so therefore it is shrouded in mystery and oh gosh bitcoin can be used for money laundering if you are let me let me keep it real if you are engaging in such activity i'm not sure whether you'd want to make it as transparent as is possible to see money transactions on bitcoin or bitcoin blockchain i don't think that if that was the the sorts of uh thing that you're you're into not that i'm an advocate for it actually quite the opposite if you are going to be handling money in the way that you know is not ethically best if i can put it that way uh then i'm not sure whether you choose something as transparent as bitcoin to facilitate your activity i don't know whether you you'd really mana money launder bitcoin in such an when it's so transparent and open so anyway moving on um what have i done since then well all sorts i've spoken at UBS's International Women's Day event. Thank you. Um, I am going to shout out Shannon Sagawe and um, also Helen Disney and uh, for for that uh, wonderful opportunity. And uh, also Nadia Edwards Dashti of Harrington Star, who's in t- whose whose creativity amazes me. She invited me on a podcast, please go check it out, called The Humans of Fintech. And I was speaking about blockchain there. I then got invited to another podcast. Yes, Nathaniel Schooler, Nat Schooler. Um, he is the very knowledgeable. Do you know what it is about Nat? Like he has. Oh, gosh. Like, anyway, don't underestimate him. That's my thing. Anyway, Nat Schooler is the affable host of the Business Acumen podcast, which I had the pleasure of being part of. Some previous guests includes, included uh, Winston Churchill's grandson. My word. What an interesting podcast that was. So anyway, um, but no, the video of that is actually going to come out soon. I have given the green light. Someone was asking... Uh, for a video version of that and so you know i'm gonna say it here by god's grace you know what if i forget forget me saying that i am certain it's gonna come out when it comes out let you know so um i hope that that that's a, a great speedy up um catch up between the last time i did this podcast and now i am really excited for what's to come because it was my birthday two weeks ago I turned 27 and for me it's a turning point it's 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 an age where people have an expectation of what you should be able to do but you're still young enough for you to be 
how can I say it? You're still young enough for people to forgive you. You know? I'm at that age where it's just like, wow. But I'm grateful. Uh, I realize I have an amazing set of parents who are incredibly supportive of my endeavors. So today, I wanted to speak about economics. And you're probably wondering, Cristiano, why are you talking about economics now? I thought you said this is your best is yet to come. It's supposed to be personal development. It is personal development, people. Of course it's personal development. Why? Because I've never done economics at this level before. For those of you who don't know, truth be told, I have no formal qualifications in this area but boy am I willing to work yes as I'm speaking to you now it's 3.30 a.m on a Sunday morning and I'm so happy we give God the glory I'm here um but really what I wanted to share with you is what I've learned in the process of doing this course and how I'd highly recommend, as controversial as this may sound, I highly recommend anyone who is willing to do economics and understand what it's all about. It's such an eye-opener. And I love the way it can provide segues into other areas. It's like, you can see economics with the Brexit negotiations that are going on now here in the UK, you can see economics in, in everyday life. You can see when you're going to the shop, you know, that 50p. Oh, I'm so happy I get to explain this to all of you. 50p, yeah? What 50p could get you last week? I'm not sure what 50p can get you next year. Just saying. Well, think about the basket of goods. So there's something... Oh gosh, I have to do a whole separate podcast explaining all these dubs. But let's just keep it simple and basic, yeah? So one of the things that Brexit is having an impact on is the pound and is the purchasing power of the pound. You might be thinking, Christiana, what does this mean? Purchasing power? Yes, my friend, purchasing power. And purchasing power is... What could you buy with £10 10 years ago? How much of that can you still buy today? And if the answer is not a lot, then that says a lot about the purchasing power. And what it means is that really the value of money has depreciated over time. It's gone down. Because if you know that with £10, you could get, I don't know, five oranges, 10 bananas, a Kit Kat and a fruit pastel. And 10 years from then, so let's say today, <laughs> now you can buy, I don't know, three oranges, two bananas, a Kit Kat and no fruit pastel. You know, that says a lot about the purchasing power and the fact that you can't buy as much now as you could have done 10 years ago. And the reason why that's quite important is because now standards of living are rising. Yes, 
What I'm saying is, if you wanted to rent out a one-bed apartment in a very nice part of town, that rent will not be the same now as it was 10 years ago. That's if it's still there. And this is important to understand because you have to adjust your living standards accordingly. If you know the what you could use the money for today, you know, back way when Abraham was a boy, it got you something different. You have to move differently. Yeah? You have to manage your resources differently. One of the things that I've been looking at is monetary policy, fiscal policy, and the importance of having a a central bank in really, honestly, managing the banking system in 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 a national economy or in a nation or in a country, but then also the importance of managing money supply. Now, the money supply that it highlights or the money supply that I'm talking about is again in relation to this purchasing power. The more money circulated in the economy, the less it's worth. And part of the reason why people, or sorry, why central banks print money or they do something called quantitative easing okay and quantitative easing is a simple way of saying the central bank are printing more money so that there are more people or there are more 10 pound notes in circulation right so when you go say for example i don't know how many of you have a bank card and debit card credit card let's say debit for the for the sake of this example you go to the atm machine if you're here in the uk and you withdraw money right let's say it's a 20 pound note very crisp printed from the bank of england yesterday and you use it to buy i don't know they said apple from mr patel's corner shop so you pay with it let's say the apple is 50p you get 19 pounds 50 back i guarantee you if you're getting that in cash you're gonna get a 10 pound note now why am i mentioning that because one of the things that i've i've learned and one of the things that i do really enjoy about this learning economics and looking at it in depth is the ability to relate it to real life examples. If that 10, if that 10 pounds, if there's more 10 pounds in circulation, it means that, how could I, I hope I don't say this to offend people. It's not necessarily worth the paper it's printed on. Okay, so the more of it there is around, it means that there's a, like, because of the fact that there's more circulation, and I'm, I'm prepared to be wrong and fail on this, because I know I've got a feedback loop, that feedback loop is, 
is go and learn some more of these concepts. That's my feedback loop. Anyway, so my thing is this. If there's more £10 in circulation, it lowers the value of the, of the £10 itself. And one of the things that I've also learnt is that money is a way of doing three things. The first is it is a store of value. That's it. What is money? So money is three things. It is a store of value. Number one. Number two, it is a unit of account. And number three, it's a medium of exchange. And when you have an understanding of what money is, it becomes so much easier to understand things like cash flow and finance and all this beautiful world that before I didn't get the opportunity to explore. Um, and that was because recently I was, I was made redundant. So now I actually have the time to be able to dedicate to beautiful things like this. And my willingness to be open and upfront with you is really based on the love that I have for myself. And this is again, this is still all part of personal development. You're like, Rakushan, you've just been talking about economics. No, I've been excitedly been talking about economics because it's part of my personal development. You must be asking, Christiana, how is economics part of personal development? Because number one, it's where I am now. And number two, it makes sense for the future. It makes sense for everyone really in the future to have some sort of understanding of how money works, how the economy works, and why it's going to impact them in some way, shape or form. So the reason why I say that economics is part of my personal development is that the thing that I enjoy about economics is the ability to write and having to write uh, essays and reports and so on and so forth. And really, for someone of my background, um, it makes sense for me to develop my written skills in a way I wouldn't have been able to in any other format, in any other way. So my thing is i've been looking a lot at instagram and one of the things they say is you know as a as a form of you know if you're going to invest in yourself invest in learning invest in courses and so on and it's like it's giving me such a confidence boost that uh the the right decision has been made to to do economics or to look at economics this way I'm very happy and my personal development is based on what's right for me. So if I'm really being honest, I encourage everyone who's listening to this to do what's right for them. You know, even if I encourage you to, to do economics, you still have to assess where you are right now to know, oh, you know, even though Prashant's making that suggestion, what does it make sense for me to do right now? If economics is not right for you to do right now, leave it. You know what I mean? Like... Don't feel like obligated to do it just because I said, love yourselves enough to do what's right for you. I love myself enough to do what's right for me. This is what's right for me. And that's why I thought I'd jump on and share. So it's a very quick, I thought I'd make this short and sweet, even though it's about 20 minutes long. <laughs> Talk about brevity. Um, and uh, I, I just want to thank every single one of you for listening, for supporting all of my aspirations and projects. Just before I wrap up, actually, there is one project after this economics 
um, that I'm getting involved in or that really I set up. Why am I even trying to be modest like that? It's called The Road to 10,000, where I get 10,000 people to explain blockchain to their grandmas. Have a great day and remember your best is yet to come.